What's up, everybody? Welcome to Geek's Got Game, the Geek vs. All video game podcast here for your October episode. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, we're, we're going to say my co-host, Mr. Jeffrey Pavlock. About time. I've been uh, been looking forward to that title. Damn straight. You are, assigned to me. It's, it's kind of like a promotion. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Love it. So so when do my benefits start kicking in? Uh, three years from now. Oh. Uh, yep. Uh, okay. uh, who? Uh, ask, yeah. ask, ask Pete about that. He'll... he'll probably delegated back to me but anyway so we're talking about video games here obviously uh right in the middle of the the crazy video game season we're getting triple a releases just about every week right now uh so to start off the show let's talk a little bit about what we're playing pavlak what's in your console uh i am still working through monster hunter generations ultimate on switch when did that come out august yeah like end of <laughs> august august 29th uh, how many hours have I, you put in 70 and I oh, that's not as bad as I thought. Um, I, I mean, realistically, I haven't scratched the surface of that game yet because of just the asinine amount of content that's in there. I won't be trying to 100% this or anything like that. That is just a ludicrous uh, achievement that I would never pursue. I, it would it would literally it would take me hundreds upon hundreds of hours to accomplish that. So I'm not even going to try. Um, I am very much looking forward to starting Starlink this week. Yes, and also to get into the spooky Halloween mood. I'm looking forward to play some Castlevania later this month. Gotta love it. Specifically, ah, um, <laughs> so the, sitting next to me right now is our PlayStation Vita. Very funny circumstance. Yeah, so uh, came up. Pavlak texted me a few weeks back and asked me if I still had my PSP, and I, I I never had a PSP. So I told him that, and he was shocked. Uh, he was gonna. I, I was like, can I ask why? <laughs> and uh, he, he said there was a game that he wanted to download, and uh, I said, you know what? I, odds are it's in the the PlayStation Store. I have a Vita. Uh, to those of you who don't know what a PlayStation Vita is, by the way, uh, it is a wonderful, wonderful, I would say current generation still, uh, handheld from Sony, the successor to the PlayStation Portable. It did come out during the PS3 generation. However, it didn't receive a lot of support. Uh, sales were terrible, to say the least, and it's basically dead. Sony doesn't want to do anything for future handhelds. It's in the grave. The Switch has like triple out, sold it already. Uh, it, it is what it is. But uh, I know Seth has a Vita. We're, we're loyal Vita people. I think Tom probably has one too. I bought it right when it came out, played the Uncharted, uh, Uncharted the Golden Abyss on it. I hit some good memories with it, but unfortunately it's just sitting here. So it's charging. It's rebooting right now. So you can play. Yes. Uh, I really want to play Castlevania, the Dracula <laughs> X Chronicles. Uh, oh, that's that's the 3D remake of Rondo of Blood, which is one of my all-time favorite Castlevania games. Uh, and this time of year, especially with the second season of Netflix's Castlevania series coming out later this month, I decided I wanted to get back into. I want to play another Castlevania game, and I thought, you know, this is probably the perfect time to ever play this game, which I never would have, you know, tried out before since I never had a PlayStation or anything that's not Nintendo. So we'll be we'll be getting out the virtual wallet here for the the PlayStation, and uh, that, that's exciting. So we we've got the Vita here booting up. Hopefully, we'll be able to do an update on it shortly. I'm crossing borders here. Crossing borders, uh, I gotta love it. I got my enhanced license. I'm good. With uh, with Monster Hunter, by the way, would you say that that has reached the status of a game like um, let's like let's say like for example, a Call of Duty or a Madden, in the sense that when players play those games, sometimes it's the only game they play. Sure. Um, I mean, I when I you know play online, I look at my you know. You like your rank or whatever you want to describe it as, and um, you know I like to think of myself as being a 
a very you know like a veteran monster hunter player i've played a lot of games now sure i look at some of the guys that i find in rooms and other lobbies online and they're like triple quadruple my rank these guys have you know put in the you know triple or quadruple the amount of hours i've put in they have they're trying to 100 percent this thing they've gotten literally every last piece of equipment every last weapon they've done every single quest uh with three different hunters with four different hunters they've done them solo the way that you know some the people who are dedicated to Monster Hunter, I mean, absolutely live it. So yeah, I can I, I can see that. Um, and with Monster Hunter World, which came out on PlayStation Four and Xbox One earlier this year, that was a huge huge success. Uh, Capcom said it was the it's uh, I believe the best selling Monster Hunter game now. So that, yeah, thanks to being on PlayStation Four and Xbox One, uh, that found a very a new audience for Monster Hunter, which previously wasn't there due to being on you know, the older playstation um consoles the nintendo systems like the wii the wii u 3ds it, yeah it's it's reached a point where i think it felt like you know the the monster hunter uh ultimate that came out in january was was new for a little bit of the popularity level that we've seen in, in north america on the game yeah, so, wor- world is helping it get very very close to mainstream status yeah, uh, so far so good. Uh, that it looks to continue to be a juggernaut, and I, you know I've got I think it's perfect, like you said. I've I've got friends who who will just buy NHL, they'll just buy Madden, or they'll just literally play Call of Duty once a year. That's what they buy, and I feel like you know it's not quite there, but it, it's one of those games. Um, for what I'm playing currently, there's no shortage of what I'm playing. It's almost a little overwhelming, but that's a great problem to have when it comes to video games. I can't put NHL 19 down. I really, really love it. It is so deep. It's got so many different game modes. When I get sick of one, I jump into another one. It's got the world of Chell, they call it, which is basically all your online game modes right in one fancy portal. Uh, the out, the one versus one, so they call it ones. Hockey is a lot of fun out on the pond. I'm not good at it, but uh, I'm learning. Threes is back, which is ridiculous. Uh, it's just, it's the best. It's the closest thing I can recommend if you liked NHL hits back in the day. Which had Scott oh, Stevens I, on the cover. I loved NHL hits. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful thing. Bring I think back Pronger was on the other one. Oh, they, really? They did two NHL hits. I, I love the. I love that game. Yeah, that and NFL Blitz. <laughs> Please bring those games back. NHL hits would be a huge arcade game for someone to bring back right now. I think EA should like license it out almost. You Why wonder, not? you know, make it a twenty dollar downloadable game. I just, I love absolutely slamming someone through the boards and not a single penalty was called that's kind of threes there's no penalties <laughs> unless you trip someone on a breakaway it's hilarious uh so there's that i'm, I'm playing uh, call of duty black ops 4 we got in the mail this week very excited uh i've enjoyed my time with it i'm really really bad at it i and i've played call of duty throughout the years i'm just i'm not good i feel like i'm not on the same level <laughs> as everyone i'm playing with um i've, I've had some success the new blackout game mode, which is just like your your standard battle royale mode, like you see in PUBG, for example, that it's pretty good. Um, I played a game, my first game of it, and I got we had 127 players, and I got to 32. So, Holy cow! Uh, you know that's a lot of players. Uh, if you're is in, that the norm for a match? No, like for a lobby or th- it's new. Okay, because PUBG, well, no, 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 is that the norm for Call of Duty Four then? For that mode, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you can have it. It 
anywhere from like 88 to 120 something i just that gives me such a chuckle because i remember like when i believe it was the game mag came out years back on playstation 3 oh yeah the whole the, like the whole was it i thought it was i thought it was like 128 Oh. But I remember the whole hook was that you could play with, an, at the time, an absurd number of people for a home console shooter. And like now, that's that's not necessarily out of the ordinary, as proven by Call of Duty 4, apparently. So if, if, if you're not, you know, ribbing me on this, and I don't think you are. I am not ribbing you. <laughs> I've been known to rib before. So this was... Uh, Mag was a polarizing game when it came out. It didn't work. Yeah, How it but, like, but just the whole gimmick, or you know, the whole sell was that these massive, massive um, matchups, which you typically only saw on PC shooters. At it was the ahead time. of its time. Yeah, at least for home consoles. Can obviously, if this came out now, it would have been so popular. So January of 2010, that came out. PS3. Yeah, and what's what, what's the the person cap? That's what we're looking for. I don't think this is right. Now, granted, I'm on Wikipedia, but okay. I don't think this is accurate. What does it say? Meg used a new server architecture to support online battles with up to 256 players. No, you know what? That does sound right. Because How? it wasn't. The thing was, and it was noted in review, like critical reviews, um, just fans who played the game, the maps were so huge that you often, like, you couldn't tell you were playing against potentially 255 other people. You just couldn't. It was so big yeah. that you couldn't you would never encounter these other people on the map. I do remember that cuz people said they would play and not see anybody. Right. Like you would it would like if someone told you that you play with 64 people, you would or as opposed to like 256, you would not know the difference because you never saw the other, you know, 200 some other odd people. Yeah. Like you it was just it was so enormous, uh, sorry, enormous yeah. that you couldn't possibly get the sense of all that was going around in the map at that time. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. It really is. Um and like I said, ahead of its time, because they've refined it now. You've got okay, yeah, yeah, PUBG, I'll, which is amazing. You yeah. know, uh, you've got even you know uh, uh, Fortnite and with Blackout here and Call of Duty, and then Battlefield's getting a battle royale mode. Battlefield Five in a few weeks that comes out. So it's all the rage to the point where Call of Duty. It, it's funny. I'm going to review this, uh, but I'm going to note in there that it was like PUBG kind of gave Call of Duty the heads up to say, hey, we, you really don't need that single player anymore. Because right. I know they toyed with it for a long time. Black Ops 3's single player was so terrible. The the campaign was just awful. The story didn't make any sense. Um, and, and I usually love the Call of Duty campaigns. Either four and a half to six hours, anywhere from there. Just fun. That one was not. But uh, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world that Black Ops decided to switch to Battle Royale. So uh, I'm playing that. If you want an easy victory, come find me on Xbox Live. <laughs> um, yeah. And also I'm playing a few other games. I'll get into that in just a little bit because some of those are on our feature out this month. Let's get to the news. First off, speaking of uh, gamer tags and PlayStation, PlayStation Network user ID. You can finally change your name. This so one, this one still makes me chuckle. This is this is kind of funny. With with Microsoft, you you have to pay to change it if you want to change your, wait, your gamer wait, wait. tag. I didn't know that either. Yes. <laughs> no kidding. It's not like so. Nintendo's online structure is a little bit different. With Microsoft, like your your gamer tag. So my first one <laughs> on the original Xbox was David Leroy because I didn't realize what it was asking for back in the day. And uh, so, like, John Anstett, we'd play whatever, Halo 2, and, and 
people would run around the map and be like, don't kill David. It was just the funniest thing in the world. Because they thought it was your dad. They just, they thought that was my, my, it was a funny gamer tag because I clearly made a mistake when uh-huh. I was making it. So in the world of PlayStation, if you don't know, when you, PlayStation 3's online network launched in what, mid 2000s, we're talking probably 2006. You, 2007, what, yeah, 2006, something like that. Whatever name you made, you were stuck with. You cannot change your name. So all those trophies you've accumulated, all those friends, your name was your name. Over a decade's worth of yes. you know, achievements or accomplishments. Greg <laughs> Miller and Colin Moriarty uh, used to host IGN's Podcast Beyond, and it was a weekly segment about PS- bad PSN names. And they would always say at the end, Shuhei, please let us change our names. So finally you can do it starting next year. Uh, they're going to, uh, well, earlier this year, they're going to allow a preview program, if you will, almost like a beta. Next year, they're going to allow anyone to do it. And let's see here. It will, the first change is free. That's fair. After that, it's nine ninety nine per name change you want to do. And that's what Microsoft says. Okay. I was I, At some point, I was going to ask what was the fee for that. Which, this is all comical. Like, was it a technical restriction? I find that hard to believe. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I, why well, wouldn't you offer it all these years? I want to someday see the stats behind how many people pay up the fee. Like, I want to see how much money Microsoft and Sony make from the people who pay up the nine ninety nine. That's the thing was pe- time. people said that they you know they would they would do it. Like they were like, please Sony, we'll pay you like a hundred dollars. Let me change my name, my inappropriate name that I made while I booted my PS three up. So here we are towards the end, maybe, even of the PS4 console generation. Um, PS Plus members, four ninety nine. <laughs> okay. Just so you know. Uh, you get uh, that discount. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm let's still see. laughing at this. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of remarkable that that is, that is a thing nowadays. But, hey, uh, I am thinking about changing my Xbox Live one. I've had it for 10 years. Uh, I feel like I need something new. It's Josiah is Legend, which was based on a band I liked called He is Legend back mm-hmm. in the mid-2000s. So if you've got any suggestions, throw them my way. Please make sure they're appropriate. Anyway, uh, speaking of new uh, new hardware, new software changes, there was a report uh, in the Wall Street Journal, probably like maybe I'll let you lead into this a little bit, for a proposed Nintendo Switch 2.0, quote-unquote, in terms right. of... Uh, new hardware, and it was in order to keep the momentum of the Switch sales going, which I think are close to 20 million strong at this point. Yeah, I think it's it, I think it's actually a little bit closer to 21 million. That's amazing. Moment. That's that's amazing. So it's 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 obviously doing very well. Um, sales have dropped off a bit though in 2018. Sure. And I think I think that speaks a little bit more to the quality of the software that's come out. I mean, you look at two, uh, 2017, which was just a molten, molten year for the Switch. That's also because you had three your biggest 3D Zelda of all time. You had, at, for a lot of people, the biggest Mario Kart of all time. Uh, you had biggest 3D Mario, of, uh, sorry, Mario Kart, biggest 3D Mario then of all time with Super Mario Odyssey. You had Splatoon 2. You had Xenoblade Chronicles 2. The hardware just does not compare from 2018 to 2017s for the Switch. So there has been a little bit of a dip in sales, which uh, maybe spurs this rumor for it a bit more then. And I mean, there is there is a precedent for Nintendo to release uh, multiple iterations of a handheld. You saw it with the original DS. You saw it with the 3DS. 3DS is, 3DS. I th- uh, just had a uh, fairly recent um, new version release. For crying out loud! Yeah, that's true. And it's not. It's definitely not uncommon uh, for you know stuff like that to happen. 
So one of the things that was touted was maybe a new screen with this. Right. Um, you know, it is a what it is. A little bit closer in size to, like, say, the Wii U gamepad. Which I don't know if that quite... I don't know if that kind of hurts the portability factor of it because I think the Switch's current size now is just about perfect. Me I too. Don't, I don't think it could... I honestly don't see how it could be that much. Although, granted, you know, people do bring around their, you know, their iPads and, you know, Galaxy tabs and whatnot. Do you think this... Might just be a personal preference on my part. No, I'm with you. I mean, do you think this is needed at this point? No, probably not, in my opinion, because, you know, if Nintendo is genuinely concerned with the slight dip in sales, they sure as hell won't be concerned at the end of the year when Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is out and people are gobbling that up because that's going to be a gigantic, gigantic seller for the Switch during the holiday. Um, Pokemon Let's Go, Eevee, and Pikachu versions. I mean, I'm not picking up either of those. I know a ton of people that will, though. Anybody who's still playing Pokemon Go is going to probably pick that up. It looks like they are setting themselves up for a loaded 2019 as far as software goes. So I don't th- I don't think they need new hardware to entice people. I think they need you know, a software lineup like what you had in 2017 and they're, you know, uh, they're about to get that, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know that it's needed. Um, I don't think the market's saturated, if you will, when it comes to Nintendo sales. I think you're right. Maybe a, a more of a software push would be great at this point. Um, I mean, does this entice you at all? No, not at all. I'm, I'm with pr- you. I'm perfectly happy with the way the switch is right now. It's still so new to me. Yeah. Even it's not, it hasn't even been two years. I mean, really, we're a year, just a little over a year and a half, yeah. if that. I'm but fine. I'm good to go at this point. And I mean, you know, Wall Street Journal is a very reputable source, but at the same time, Wall Street Journal are the ones who reported that we were going to get a Zelda phone app at one point, uh, which never happened. And if everything Wall Street Journal said was correct, there would have been the Zelda Netflix series, which was a mistranslation <laughs> yeah. from a Japanese uh, report. Yeah. So you got to take everything with a grain of salt, even from a, a source like Wall Street Journal. I mean, that's how it goes, right? It's it's what it is today. Um, speaking of uh, Nintendo Switch, there was a, a report earlier this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just playing around. Oh, you keep okay. going. Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, um, with regards to Diablo 3, uh, so the Diablo 3 Eternal Collection is coming out shortly. And it was going to be cross-play on Xbox, Sony platforms, and, and the Switch. Well, how about that? Uh, which Sony finally ponied up and decided <laughs> they wanted to be a part of the gaming world. After Nintendo's and Microsoft's uh, respective Twitter accounts just <laughs> lambasted Sony for the longest time and mocked them. Sony, during this console generation, has not given us many reasons to pounce on them. So this was one that Microsoft and Nintendo needed to take. Oh, those official Twitter accounts going back and forth, just sniping at Sony was the funniest thing. I loved those it. Those exchanges were hilarious. As a, an Xbox fanboy and as a, a newly minted Nintendo Switch owner you know, since it came out last year, uh, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved them teaming up. So it was great. But uh, reports were that there would be the cross-play um, because during a, let's see here, uh, Eurogamer has the article here. I'm just pulling it up. Okay. During a demonstration, a Blizzard representative confirmed that console cross-play was a question of when, not if. Uh, however, in a statement to the company Dual Shockers, uh, which is a media gaming site, Blizzard said, while we love the idea of bringing our players together across platforms, 
We do not have any plans to implement cross-platform gameplay for Diablo at this time. This is uh, basically a late in the life cycle Diablo release yeah. for a game that's been out for quite a long time now. Right. Um, I, I don't think they can... I mean, they can, but it's it's a matter of if you want to put in the resources to go and change the, the DNA of the game. I think they're going to wait to see just how well it sells on the Switch. Um, there is a bundle coming out for it. I think it's like 3.30. That control um, is beautiful, by the way, the yeah, Pro Controller. Yeah, oh. um, comes with the game, comes with the Switch console. Um, I, it, it, a lot of this is to gauge you know, how Nintendo fans and just Switch owners in general are going to receive this game because I and I could be mistaken about this. I believe this is the first Blizzard game to release on a Nintendo system since StarCraft 64 all the way back in 99 or 2000. So, like, dedicated, hardcore Nintendo enthusiasts, they if they, you know, strictly game on a Nintendo system, they don't know Blizzard. Um, they would have to be multi-platform gamers to know any of Blizzard's products. So I, I think it, it's going to be very interesting to see how Diablo um, does on this. And, it you know, also, too, first time, really, that Diablo is going to be on a major, major handheld. So... Yeah. Completely different market in that respect too. Never mind just you know the company that's making the platform. I think that's a perfect handheld game. Yeah, I think it's going to work out really well, and I think it the Switch is perfect for it because uh, local co-op was always possible uh, on the other consoles for Diablo three, but your characters could never really run off all on their own. Like you would get stuck at the very edge of the screen, so that all four characters would have to appear on the screen at once. You know, if your if your you know your buddies who are playing with you didn't follow you, you would eventually you know just stop being being able to move in a certain direction. The switch you can avoid that if you're all playing on the handheld version of it, because in theory you could all you would just have your own screen to yourself, so you could run off to any part of the map you want without being tethered to the rest of your teammates. So I think it just the switch is going to be a just ideal you know local co-op environment uh, environment and platform for the game. I and. Then- What's ultimately going to dictate that? Oh, 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 oh we got a PlayStation side woo-hoo! here. Uh, so the Vita is booting up, everybody. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think, well, sales will determine what happens with fu- future iterations of Diablo 3 if they are released, as well as any future sequels, which at some point will come. But uh, yeah, I think that it's not really a huge letdown that you can't do cross-play on that because this is still a relatively new concept over the last few years. Uh, I think into the next console generation, it will be standard Yeah, that we'll be able to do that. But think about that. That was taboo just a few short years ago that we'd be able to, to do that. But uh, kudos to the, the big companies out there for doing it. I think, if anything, it helps strengthen the the, the ecosystems for the various consoles. Because in the past, if I, you know, last generation, if I got a game and you got a game, you being a Nintendo guy, I'm a, an Xbox guy, we couldn't play together. But that will be possible on future games. I think the council wars are a thing of the past. I think so too. The I mean just even the animosity between the companies is nothing compared to what it used to be. And I know we say that yep. after laughing a few minutes ago about the, you know, the quips between Nintendo and Microsoft, but that's all that was all good nature <laughs> stuff. That it's was more good there fun was now. no you know there was no hostility there. It, business is business. And yeah. I think they need to to continue to to as much as possible in that case work together. Uh you know, your product's going to be your product, but it's good to see nonetheless. Uh, out this month, uh, we're going to chronicle some of the big releases uh, that are coming out this month that have already come out uh, also in October. Uh, we'll start with the the headliners here. So uh, Pavlak and I, 
each have a few recommendations for uh, what we either think or know are going to be good games, quality games that you should go spend your money on. Uh, we will go chronological. So October 2nd, we had uh, two games each, actually one game each from our lists. First up, Mega Man 11. Yep. So Mega Pop Man's like, still going strong. It is. Uh, this one looks good. Yeah, decades upon decades old, but this series is still going strong. Um, i got to set the date and time on my Vita. Right, yeah, he's taking care of the yep. Vita. Perfect. I will be <laughs> cracking the whip on some vampires soon enough, taking out Dracula like a true Belmont. Um, I was just going to make a bad Twilight joke, but I'll pass. Yeah, please. Cracking yeah, please the whip on that. the vampires. Oh, my gosh. All right, anyway. Yeah, and it, it, um, you know, the advent of like the... You know, like the PlayStation Store, the uh, Xbox Live Arcade, and you know Nintendo's indie um, efforts have been perfect for rejuvenating 2D gaming, uh, especially like 2D platformers, 2D shoot 'em ups, and that's how you know Mega Man has been able to thrive again like that. Because otherwise, you would have mostly just been able to see it find success um, on like your handhelds or your mobile. Uh, you know, your mobile phones nowadays, but with the home consoles all having these you know, elaborate um, environments for indie games or you know just smaller, less ambitious kind of software, you can have a 2D platformer side scroller like Mega Man feel just as important as you know, a AAA blockbuster. So it's good to see. It's good to see. It's good to see um, that get its you know its turn in the spotlight. And Mega Man is obviously such a big name. It's been around for decades. It's one of the most popular franchises from Capcom, just you know, in gaming in general. I think most gamers go through this at some point or another, especially gamers that play a lot of games. So me, I prefer the smaller releases. When when I say smaller, you know, Mega Man's a a popular game, but re- a more contained title. Yeah. I don't I don't want I don't have time to go play your Skyrims, your Fallout's all the time. Sure. I you know I will play them from time to time, but I'd rather play a game like Mega Man. And then go play an episode of The Walking Dead, you know, R.I.P. Telltale, yeah. uh, or y- you name it. There, there's a bunch of games out there, like Planet Alpha, that came out a, a month ago that I reviewed right at thegeekiverse.com. Those are bite-sized games that take only a few hours to finish. And I'd rather get my experience through those than maybe put 100 hours in, in, into a game like a Call of Duty or, uh, well... Red Dead Redemption, which we'll we'll talk about shortly. There's something to be said about those, um, you know, pick up and play, punchy, uh, kind of games. I'd the rather arcade yeah. vibe. That they don't ask a lot of you. They don't require a ton of commitment. Just kind of sit down, pick it up, start playing. Or a game like NHL, which I can go play every once sure. in a while. Um, yeah, I got a half hour to play. I'll you know I'll I'll, I'll knock right. out a game or two. I don't necessarily need to sit down, you know, dim the lights, get into the story, and yeah. think about it for a while. It's so busy nowadays, that's how it goes. Variety is a spice of life. It is. Um, and speaking of which, this is a game that I, I probably wouldn't have played in the past as much. But kudos to Microsoft for making this a free game on Game Pass. So Xbox Game Pass is nine ninety nine a month if you you choose. There's some really good titles on there. Every first-party Microsoft game that comes out is a part of it day one. So a brand-new game like Forza Horizon 4 comes out October 2nd. I've got my free trial of Game Pass, and I am loving life. So uh, I talk about E3 a lot. At E3, Adam and I were at the Microsoft presentation. We saw Forza on the big screen, and they showed off all four seasons for the first time. And that's the premise of, of Forza Horizon here. You go through all four seasons for the driving, for the different uh, racing season specifically, the sound of the cars, 
uh, the visuals that we see from the different seasons, absolutely stunning. Uh, this game, and I have so many friends on my, my game list there on Xbox Live that have been playing it, and probably more than any other game this month, which is saying a lot. And, and I think they've made Forza fans out of a lot of us now. Now, I, I did play Forza a few years back, but this is one of my, my surefire titles. If you're not going to get the Xbox Game Pass, go, go purchase this title. It's worth it. It's an extremely deep game. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It has a lot of fun. It's got a subtle charm to it. I, I've really enjoyed myself with it. And even if you're not good at racing games, there are tons of modifications and driver assists that you can switch on that will help you get there. So go uh, go check that out. Like I said, you can either purchase Games Pass or pick up Forza for $59.99. Uh, definitely worth it either way. Going down the list here, we'll get back to just the everyday releases. Uh, I'm scrolling through. I can't believe how many games come out on a given day nowadays. Yeah. Used to be well, able October's to, loaded this uh, month. There's uh, a lot of stuff that was coming out this uh, this month. It's absolutely unbelievable. And really for every system. Like every system's got something whether mm-hmm. it's a whether it's a multi-platter, you know, mm-hmm. exclusive. There's something for, you know, the big 3. There's no shortage. It's unbelievable. Uh then the next game I I'm showing for our picks of the month here, October 16th. So that's this week. Uh, we're getting Starlink Battle for Atlas. I'm probably playing it as we speak, but not, not necessarily. Very but, possible. Yeah. Uh, Starlink Battle for Atlas, Pavlok, uh, what has you interested in this game? What's putting your stamp on it? Um, I I mean, the the first thing that hooked me, uh, as silly as it might sound, is the like the NFC, the toy factor of it. I grew up playing Legos. I grew up playing with Kinects. Uh, I used to love putting together model airplanes and things like that. So I, I like the, just the concept of that alone. I'm, I'm a big man child i'll admit it so i'm looking forward to just trying it out with that um it just seems like a very kind of open-ended you know space adventure where it it, you know it's described as being a mix of no man's sky and destiny where you've got this big massive galaxy to explore and if you you know you want to follow the storyline that's in there that's great if you want to just fly off to whatever planet you want and you know shoot shoot down a bunch of monsters take out an enemy base you know, salvage resources or whatnot, you can do that too. Um, I think it's, I like the style of the game. It is obviously geared toward a younger audience, but it has a very um, likable, a very appealing art direction. A lot of color in there. Um, I like the designs of the planets. Everything everything in there is looking very, um, like a Star Wars vibe. There's some anime inspirations in there. I just like the whole world that they got in there. So and I think it's so cool that Star Fox is going to be in the Switch version of the game with exclusive missions, exclusive ships, exclusive weaponry. That's the system I wanted on. Uh, if not there, Xbox One for yeah. me. But uh, if you played Star Wars Jedi Starfighter back in the day, Star Wars fans, it's like that, but uh, tighter controls. But it's it's more quality. And uh, again, I, I was able to get my hands on this earlier this year. It's fun. It's very addicting. It's accessible. Uh, it's easy to jump into, maybe difficult to master to a point. And uh, the like we kind of mentioned the the toys to life here genre, even though that's kind of past us, it's not required. Right. So you you can get this game without it. You you don't need to go buy a hundred dollars worth of toys just to add on. Um, only to did you mention on here? I'm sorry, I was <laughs> looking at the Wi-Fi for the Vita. Did you mention the the whole seven days thing? Right. Um. No, uh, I did, but I don't think while we were podcasting. Okay. Um. With the Switch, if you activate a certain part, whether that be a character, a weapon, or like a ship core, 
with one of the um, figurines that's there for Starlink, you can then take your Switch portable and that item will still be locked onto the game for seven days, even if you don't have the physical toy with you. So if you take the Switch on the go, but you don't have the toy with you, um, it's still locked onto the game for seven days that you can use it then in your gameplay. That's huge. That's uh, cool. I, I, that obviously helps the you know the portable factor of the Switch big time. I think it speaks to the testament of how much they believe in the game. Yeah. So that's um, that's definitely wonderful. I just I love aerial combat games. I love. Um, uh, Rogue Squadron, yeah, uh, was a great example. You know the older Star Fox games, which were more on rails, but there were a couple you know missions here and there that were free, you know free flying. Um, Ace Combat, I love. I hope it does well. Uh, you know, I, I I think it's gonna be a fun game to play. I just I hope it sells well because just, uh, just something fun about commanding an aircraft and taking down giant monsters, or you know being in the middle of a you know an armada in the middle of space. Looking at all the former Wi-Fi networks I've had oh throughout God. the years, <laughs> and so since 2012, we we've had the Vita here, Music Family Network, Darth Duck, that was my parents' house, uh, Funerals and Video Games, that was when Lord and I moved in. Uh, <laughs> let's see, Bears Beats Buffalo Sabers is a good one. Star Killer Base was our previous Wi-Fi here. So what they can glean for the audience at home is that your wife's a funeral director, you love The Office, and you love the Buffalo Sabres. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, uh, that is definitely I might accurate. be reaching on a couple of those, but... Just a little. Okay, we're doing the system update. I wonder how long this is going to take. Man, it's been years since I updated this thing. This is exciting. PlayStation Vita, everybody. Uh, okay, the other game for Pavlok's pick of the month... Oh, I might have to pick change one of my picks now that I'm looking at the full list. Uh-oh. But anyway, Soul Calibur Six later uh, this week. Yeah, right? bring it, bring October it on. October 19th. Yes, bring it on. So you're you're a big fighting game fan. Yeah, um, and you're pretty good at it. You're, you're not a professional I can, fighting. I can, I can gamer, be. I can be. But like, if you and I played, it's not even close. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, it's not even close. Right. Except that one time you beat me in Injustice too, and I, <laughs> that one just sits. That one just rankles me. Yeah. Well, imagine what it's going to be like when I beat you at Mario Kart. Don't. It's yeah, going to be even worse. I, I can't because it's never going to happen. I can't even envision oh, it. Man, we got two and a half months left. I haven't played you yet. Okay, that was one of my New Year's resolutions right. was to beat ah. Pavlok. I haven't played Mario in Grand Kart in a Prix, long time. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I just played it last week to stay sharp. Oh my gosh! But yeah, Soul Calibur so, Six. Soul Calibur Six. We've got Geralt of Rivia. That's so cool that he's in this. It's a big year for Witcher. Yeah. So we've got that. We've got the Gwent, Gwent the card game coming out uh, on PC. And we've all there's another Witcher game coming out. Oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Well, on top of the The Netflix, Witcher Tales, they call okay. it. Okay. Well, I was gonna go to a different medium here, but the confirmation of the Witcher Netflix series. Yes. Got its Geralt. It got its Superman, <laughs> if you will. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I'm happy that uh hopefully he gets uh a fair shake at this. I think he will. After yeah. what happened with DC. But I think he'll be just fine. Well, why Soul Calibur six? I it you know it's the first one in six years and Soul Calibur Five was eh, just kind of okay, um, wasn't terrible but it was lacking in modes. The story modes in particular was kind of meh. I, that one was missing a lot of characters, especially a lot of female characters um, like Sophitia and Zhangua. A lot of longtime female characters that had been in the series that were just inexplicably absent. 
Um, so based on the roster that we've seen so far, uh, there's not too many new additions, but a lot of fan favorites are coming back for this one. And Geralt is just such a perfect addition. Um, it, it's kind of a staple of Soul Calibur games to bring in a character from outside the uh, franchise from a completely different video game series and incorporate them into there. You've had Link appear in the series. You've had Hihachi from Tekken. You've had Kratos from God of War. Uh, I believe it was Ezio from Assassin's yep. Creed. You've had Darth Vader and Yoda in there. Yep. It, it's just always so cool when they bring in these other characters into this series that's about uh, you know martial uh, weaponsmiths and uh, warriors. And I, I'm just really excited to play it again because, you know, there's really no other fighting game like this. You know, there's a lot of 2D fighters. There's even a lot of 3D fighters, which are, you know, martial arts inspired, you know, based on um, like, you know, styles like boxing, kickboxing, etc. But there's really not too many fighters out there which are based around martial weaponry, which is the use of, you know, handheld weapons and whatnot. It, uh, it looks to be in from everything we've heard so far, it looks like it, it's going to be a quality release. Always popular, of course. Uh, so you can pick that up later this week. Uh, for me, I, I had a, a few titles I was going to mention, but I'm actually going to cut out, believe it or not, Red Dead from my lineup. War uh, Why are you doing that? Well, there's a game you may not have heard. You may, I don't know if you've heard of it or not. Uh, Bendy and the Ink Machine. It's actually been out for a while now. Uh, but Episode 5, it's an episodic series here, is coming out. Uh, October 26th, and it's actually coming out the full season on consoles for the first time. Previously a Steam exclusive, you can play it on Xbox One, PS4, and in November you can play it on Switch. Okay. Think a little bit epic, Disney epic Mickey, in that art style, meets Bioshock in terms of creep level and atmosphere. Yes. Uh, I I am uh, I'm down with this. It was great. We played a little bit of the episode at E3. Uh, Rooster Teeth is uh, actually publishing this game. Physically, you can exclusively purchase it at GameStop. So good of GameStop to, to kind of get in there early on that. Oh, and by the way, the Witcher Tales game I was talking about was called Thronebreaker. Okay. Uh, that comes out on October 23rd. Gotcha, gotcha. But I uh, I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to go through all five episodes. Essentially, it's like a, a, a cartoon like I said, it, it was animated, but the in the the premise, the it's it's a nightmare. The cartoon comes to life, kind of thing. It's partially horror. Um, there's a there were a few jump scares when I played it. I don't know how long the episodes are. Like I said, uh, one through four are already out, so you can play it. But I'm just so excited about it. I can't wait to to just go through it all at once. Now, is this like first person adventure? Like, what yep. kind of genre are we talking about here? Like, is there like a lot of exploration and puzzle solving with you know like the survival horror elements to it? Would you describe it as first person adventure? Um, I would say, you know, think about how your character controls in a Bioshock game. Yeah. So you're in what relatively contained levels okay it's not totally open but right. there's a lot of exploration that you you go to explore and find uh tidbits i guess is a good way to put it that tell the story right so the these kind of play up what happened what really went wrong and what's coming um like i said there were a few jump scares when i played it and in it's perfect for for halloween week you know that'll be coming out just in time for that the other thing i wanted to mention uh my pick of the month my third pick would be if i can find the date October 23rd, the first DLC for Spider-Man, PS4. Ah. 
the heist. That's not a very long wait from the release of the no, it's you know, not the core game. It's not, and I was worried about that at first. And they announced it before the game came out, and I don't like that usually. Yeah, I don't like uh, planned DLC. It works here though. So uh, Spider Man came out September seventh. I was done with the main story in probably two weeks. I'm still working on hundred percenting the game. I'm about eighty five percent there. It is the perfect game to have DLC. It reminds me so much of what Arkham did back in the day. Yeah. Where it really is valuable. It's not like they closed off a portion of the game and are letting you pay for this this roped off area. It's really an addition in addition to that main story and to the even the exploration in New York City. So that comes out shortly. You can get it for free with the season pass, or you can purchase it separately. I'm going to end up purchasing it alone, but there are two more DLC packs planned after that that will come out in the coming months, and you can check out uh, all of it um, right at the the PlayStation blog. They uh, they have outlined every release for that. So uh, October, we've still got Red Dead Redemption 2. We've got LEGO DC Super Villains, which I think is going to be a fun game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be really cool. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, For Honor is getting some DLC. We've uh, we've got some big ones. Uh, Nintendo Switch owners are going to be able to play Dark Souls, right? <laughs> which the is great. Yeah. Uh, or the Dark Souls trilogy on PS4 and Xbox One. You can go down the list. One oh, Nickelodeon Kart Racers. That's kind of funny. Uh, you can be characters from Hey Arnold and Rugrats. Oh, that's old school. Uh, that's old school, right there. That's a forty dollar game. Ugh, that's a, that's a little much. Trivial Pursuit Live on Switch. That looks like a good time. Uh, And the the Fallout 76 beta at the end of the month, October 30th, you can play that. Uh, Is that system exclusive? Let me see. Actually, oh, wow. So not for Xbox One owners. You can play it on PC and PS4. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Oh, that's why. Okay. I, I was like, I think that's wrong. On October 23rd, you can play the Fallout beta on Xbox One. So you get it a, a week early there. Ah, okay. So obviously a packed month. You can check out our last episode of Geek Scott Game. Uh, we talked about the history of superhero video games. That episode prior to that, we previewed every major release for the entire fall. So those are our picks here coming up. A um, few more topics left to get to in today's episode. want to give a quick shout-out before we move on uh, to a company that we sponsor Fantastic shirts. You can go to 26shirts.com slash fantastic. That's F-A-N-T-E-E-S-T-I-C. And every week, yep, you got it. Yeah, uh, no, you spelled it right. Yep. Every week there's a, a new geek-themed shirt, whether it's video games, movies, you name it. Uh, and a portion of the proceeds go to a family or a charity uh, in need. So you can check that out. We are proud to partner with Del Reed and 26 Shirts. And if you use our Check out code GEEKTEM, G-E-E-K-T-E-N, that gets you 10% off of your order. We'd appreciate that, and we know they would very much uh, go check them out, and you can even check out the backlog of shirts that they've had in the past. We're coming up on one year of Fantastic Shirts. Uh, It's a beautiful relationship that we have. Getting on uh, to the main news of the week here, Telltale Games. Uh, We had quite quite the story here. Uh, it's uh, a little bit somber. So, you know, if any, any Telltale, former Telltale employees are listening, we wish you all the best. We hope that everything goes smoothly for you. We know a break is coming for you soon if it hasn't already hit. Keeping you in our thoughts and prayers. And uh, we'll, on social media, it's a very small thing. But if you use the hashtag Telltale Jobs, 
whether that's from a different game company or someone who might be in need from Telltale, they're going to see it right on Twitter. Um, a lot of gaming companies have been hosting job fairs, which has been awesome. A lot of uh, the, the other developers and publishers out there have been posting stuff saying, hey, come work for us. There's a lot of talent that came from, from Telltale. So what happened with Telltale Games? Uh, unfortunately, just a few weeks ago, news broke that there was going to be majority layoff for the company. That meant uh, vast majority of the company, 225 out of the 250 workers were going to be laid off basically in, a, in the blink of an eye. That was, I mean, and that, that's like a portent of what would eventually happen. Yeah. When, when you have that meant that much of your workforce, that's almost like, you know, final nail in the coffin. Like, you know, what's coming next then. News broke that uh, basically uh, an investor, which was not named, uh, but you know you could speculate in a few articles that we we had seen, pulled out uh, of the next round of financing for Telltale, and that led to kind of a, allegedly a chain reaction to other investors doing the same thing. So unfortunately, all their funding was gone. They had all these high-priced licenses that were they were working on, Game of Thrones. You had Walking Dead. Uh, they had just worked on Batman and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, think about that. They had DC and Marvel. Yes. I got to think That's... Star Wars was coming in the pipeline at some point. We had Stranger Things being worked on. We've now right. seen screenshots of that. Uh, I wanted to just honor Telltale Games' legacy. Not the, the ugly business side of things. That sucks. We don't condone that. And, and you know what? Stuff happens. We don't know all the details that went on there. All we know is it's rancid. It, it, it's not good. But... Telltale Games, from the artistic standpoint throughout the years, released a lot of really, really wonderful titles. I've been a big fan. I wrote uh, an article that you can read at our website, thegeekiverse.com, on what Telltale Games meant to me. In uh, in some of my, my fondest memories with my wife playing video games, we just, you know, we, we would play them together. Even though one of us held the control, it was fun to kind of sit and watch through because they're, they're very story-based. If you don't know, a Telltale game basically is... They'll take a property, split it into episodes like you'd find on your favorite Netflix show, and then you'd uh, basically point-and-click adventures. You, you'd choose all the dialogue for your character and certain actions that they'd take, and then there would be branching stories throughout the season that your decisions held weight. Throughout the first season of The Walking Dead that came out a few years ago, I think I made 519 decisions in the five episodes. It's a lot. It's a lot. Whether you know how much, there's also a debate on how much they actually, how much weight they held. Um, I maintain that it held quite a bit, and uh, Clementine is one of the most emotional, emotionally driven stories I, I've ever seen. Her arc in that first season with Lee. So, for me, I, I love these sort of games, and it's sad to see it go. I enjoyed Guardians. I, I, the the biggest one to me that is disappointing we're never going to get to see the wolf among us yeah. season two which was based on fables the the comics um in in you know not lost in all of this all the the whether it's the graphic design team there um i could go on and on about the the different jobs that telltale would have had but these people are hopefully hopefully going to be spread out across the industry and i hope they land on their feet soon we heard some horror stories of Individuals who had just moved, oh no, yeah, uh, to Telltale headquarters. Uh, some from, I think, went out of the country even, and then they were having sure. um, visa issues after that. So it just sucks the kind of position that they were put in in the gaming industry. I know it can be a little bit fickle in terms of jobs. Sometimes you're you're hired in seasons, 
uh, but it just sounds like there was, you know, possibly some some poor business decisions made there. Yeah, we 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 can sit here and lament the franchises or games or series that are you know going wayside now, but the the, the biggest victim in all this are you know the people who are losing their jobs. Those are the ones that 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 takes priority when it comes to you know our thoughts and our our sympathy. Yeah. I'd I'd give up uh all of those gaming memories if it meant one of these people you know were able to to get a good job land on their feet here. Um you know it's just there's something there's things definitely bigger than games and unfortunately yes. best way to describe it. Uh you know that that's where it went and it's the ugly business side. So anytime I talk fondly about Telltale just know that it's from the heart and it's about what I experienced from your content that you created for us. You know, their legacy is really going to be that in an era where scale and scope and ambition were at all time high for video game development, where uh, budgets and design teams were bigger than ever before. Um, they managed to make games that were significantly smaller in scope, but had the same impact and, um, had the same quality too. They, they, you know, those the games that they were making, you know, they weren't these huge, bombastic, robust blockbusters. No, but they were just as important and just as influential on the industry as you know those multi-million-dollar uh, productions that you know garnered all the headlines or garnered all the Game of the Year awards. And I think yeah. that that says a lot about Telltale's impact on the industry. They broke through with uh, season one of Walking Dead, and they had done uh, games prior to that, right. but that was really the the starting point, I think, for for everything. And it was my jump on point for Telltale. I uh, would have been 2012. Now they had Jurassic Park at one point, even. They did. They had Jurassic Park before that. They had Back to the Future, uh, which you know, to mixed reviews. Um, they they did they did quite a bit over the years, and it's you never want to see a, a a gaming company go like that. And it can happen so quick, man. All it, I mean, it, we've seen cases where one game does a company in. I remember when Free Radical ran on, uh, went under. They were the ones behind the Time Splitters series. They were working on Time Splitters four, but they also did. Do you remember Haze on yeah. PlayStation mm-hmm. three? That was everybody wow. thought that was going to be great. It comes out, it gets ravaged by critics. It doesn't sell well. A couple months later, the company's done. So, and to go along with that point, um, if you wanna. And nothing could have helped Telltale here, I don't think. But if you want to to support your favorite games or see your favorite games made or your your favorite studios, go buy the games new. Um, yeah, that that's that's big. There's nothing wrong with going and buying a used game. You know, I, I buy plenty of used games. Uh, there's nothing wrong with supporting a company like GameStop in that sense. Or if you have any local retailers left, like we've got one in the area, uh, Oogie Games. We you know you want them to do well. You you want those local shops? Go buy it, buy it from the company. Um, download it from PlayStation Network, your your Xbox Live, uh, on your Nintendo Switch, whatever it may be. Go because the most, it's the most they're gonna see f- from portions of that sale. Granted, they're getting a small portion with licensing and all this, but uh, you vote with your wallet. That's one way to do it. Understandable if you can't afford it because games are expensive, but that is one good way to do it. Um, with I mean with Telltale, I in reflecting personally, I think my favorite game would have been the Walking Dead series, and I'm st- so there's talks that they're going to finish the the current season. Uh, unfortunately, there it doesn't sound like they're paying their existing or former employees to do it, which kind of sucks. 
because those are the people that they've put out of business and put out of jobs and their livelihood is affected. But for what it's worth, they're going to finish those last two episodes, it sounds like, through Skydance uh, Entertainment. We'll see what happens there. Uh, the Batman series that came out, it just it seemed like from everything they were doing, whether it was Batman, Guardians, uh, maybe even Stranger Things, it sounds like they had a lot of money wrapped up in these and they weren't seeing enough profit. So that's kind of unfortunate to, to see that those decisions were made. And you're seeing even, like today I'm on Twitter and uh, some Telltale employees are, are talking about the 80-hour work weeks that they had. Um, basically that they had to do seven hour, or seven days a week in, in certain cases and that they weren't sleeping. They had to fudge their time cards so that it wouldn't, it wouldn't be an issue with HR. And it's just, that, yeah, that's not good. That's not good at all. That's not good for a working environment. It's not good for your health physically or mentally. So we always think about these working conditions overseas in in certain areas, but sometimes it's happening right here in America. Yeah. Uh, So we're we're being worked to death. Greed knows no nationality. No, it doesn't. It sucks. Absolutely sucks. And then I think about a game like Life is Strange. So that's another episodic game that's still going. That's made by Don't Nod Entertainment. And that... um, they're charging eight ninety nine an episode. For what it's worth, Telltale was charging four ninety nine an episode. You think of small things like that, um, and it, it, you know maybe it makes a difference. But long story short, I just you know personally from the bottom of my heart, I wanted to say thank you if you ever worked on a Telltale game. I appreciated it. I my wife enjoyed it so much. We played the all all the games throughout the years, basically since Walking Dead, Tales of the Borderlands, or Tales from the Borderlands. I always forget to mention, but you guys were able to bring. A, an interesting comedic narrative that was enriching to the Borderlands universe. Think about that. A game based on bajillions of different guns that you can customize and pick up and a deep wasteland in terms of your, your open world, and you were able to make a story out of it. Kudos to you for doing that. You're some of the best at what you do in the industry. If you are listening to this, uh, we know you're going to land on your feet soon. Stay positive. Uh, we love you guys. We do. We really appreciate you. Um, anything to to say before we move on to the last topic here? No, I, th- I think you hit the nail on the okay. head with that. I can't top that one. Uh, the other thing uh, is that Sony acknowledged the next generation of systems. Uh, so that means, very likely, the PlayStation 5. And uh, it got me thinking just a little bit. You know, not too much to go into yet because this is probably just still in early development. But... Uh, First, I think it's encouraging that we're getting, it sounds like another round of systems, because Microsoft is also working on their next one that they, they've told us at E3. We don't know anything about it. Yeah. But you got to imagine Halo Infinite is going there. Uh, whatever else. Sure. Uh, that's, that's what they're working on. So as a gamer, from your perspective, does that encourage you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not shocked at all to hear this news. Um, I feel like... I feel like when a new console launches, that company is already planning the next one. There's really no resting on your laurels or stopping to smell the roses for these for these companies. Uh, same with Nintendo. That Nintendo is all, Nintendo is actually known to spend ludicrous amounts of money on uh, research and development. Yeah. Even for you know applications and platforms that they may never actually patent or actually produce. Um, but Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, they're always, always, always working on um, a potential idea for a new console, even if it doesn't necessarily see the light of day. So it, I think it's I think it's a given that 
you know, the next Xbox, the next PlayStation are both in development and have been probably for a couple years now. And how could you not? Yeah. You know, you, you have to sink or swim kind of. Unfortunately, we joked about console wars being over, but like it's doggy dog out there. First misstep and the other company's going to pounce on it, as we saw with Sony at the beginning of this generation. And Xbox with Microsoft was never able to recover. In terms of wish list, is there anything, and you know, I'll go first with this, either hardware, software, uh, uh, specific games, franchises that you want to see for your PS5 wish list. For me, from a gaming perspective, I want to see a new Uncharted with a new protagonist. And if you didn't play Uncharted 4, too bad because it's been a few years. I think you've got a perfect opportunity to have Nathan Drake's daughter take over the lead of that franchise. How freaking awesome would that be? Yeah. Uh, I would love to see Uncharted continue on. I don't care how many games we get for it. I love it. It's a blast. It's one of the best PlayStation has to offer. We'll be getting The Last of Us 2 on PS4 relatively soon. So I think no better way to end the PS4 there or send it off into you know uh, it's, it's Twilight and then get into the PS5 and get an Uncharted game. We saw the success of the Nintendo Switch launching with Zelda. And consoles don't always do this. They don't always <laughs> launch with AAA games. They never. They practically never do that. Almost <laughs> never. What if Sony did that with yeah. Uncharted 5, or you take away the 5 and just call it something different? Just a new, un- yeah, just just a new, new Uncharted. Just a new flagship Uncharted. Yeah, that sells boatloads. I think you kill it, and then if you have Nathan Drake's daughter there, you've got your female protagonist, boom. Because Uncharted The Lost Legacy was a golden title for the PS4. And there's still some familiarity. It's not like it's a brand new, never-before-seen character. There is some familiarity there with her. Exactly. We're seeing the shift even on uh, on Xbox with Gears 5 with a new protagonist. Yeah. Uh, I think you do it with Uncharted as well. And I think it it would be really well for the, the system. I think it, it would hype. It would increase the hype immensely. So... Um, as I look at my Vita, struggling, just struggling to to move along here with the update. Uh, we'll Slowly have to but surely, <laughs> jogging along. What do you want to see from a, a PS5? Uh, whether you're getting, let's say you're just you're Jeff Pavlock, you're you're a Nintendo fan, you're a fan of the industry in general. What do you want to see? I really want to see Resistance come back. Oh, I loved those games. Um, and you you think of the scope and the scale that they were able to accomplish with those games on PlayStation 3 hardware, just imagine what you could do with basically two generations for, you know, later of hardware. We didn't get a PS4 resistance yet. No, I mean, ju- I mean, you look at how strong a PlayStation 4 is right now. Now just imagine how strong a PlayStation 5 is and then think of just the massive epic uh, set-piece battles and boss fights you could probably produce then for resistance. With that with that kind of hardware, I'm just I'm I'm envisioning some of the craziest craziest action possible, um, not just for first person shooters, but for games in general. I mean, I love the boss fights and all the different enemies that you fought in the Resistance games. Now you drop PlayStation Five level hardware into those concepts, I think that'd be amazing. So and hey, maybe you get the 256 online multiplayer yeah, battles like Mag. You can do it now. <laughs> but maybe it makes sense then with that type of hardware. Fun fact. Resistance Burning Skies was my ah, only one hundred percent title on you got that on Vita. On Vita. Uh, that was was that a launch? No, that that came out two months after launch. Uh, I so that's my only Vita Platinum trophy. I know it's sad to say, but I did. Uh, Killzone Mercenary, uh, you know, Killzone's another franchise yeah. that kind of I don't know why that went so quiet. Yeah, why both of them went so quiet? They they did so. 
Guerrilla Games was Killzone. They went to work on uh, what was it? It just came out. Oh my gosh, I see it. Horizon Zero Dawn. Right. Very good game. So yeah, I, game. I, I can understand why they did that. Then I feel like that's their flagship now. Uh, we yeah, haven't gotten no, anything. That's that's going to continue. That for sure. That will like undoubtedly get a sequel. Yeah, it was so good. No doubt. Um. Oh, you know what? Seth would want me to mention Siphon Filter. Yeah, that's primed to make a comeback. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be really cool to see come back. Uh, what about Motor Storm? I can see that Th- being those a launch are, title. Those were fun games. Those were fun games. And again, just imagine what you what kind of levels and tracks you can make with PlayStation Five level hardware. God, those games were gorgeous on PlayStation Three. Now you jump two generations ahead. Yeah. God, those levels would be amazing. I yeah I. You sold me on that. For, I think that would be a great Forza Horizon. Ha! There's there's way crazier, you know, outdoor <laughs> outdoor, you know, environmental racing available. Yeah, that's 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 one of them. I want to see with the PlayStation. This is this is a weird require or weird request, but I don't want them to change the DualShock 4 much. It's their best controller by far. And I think th- so I from my perspective, the Xbox One is is the is the best controller out there. It's the best balance of everything. It's got the perfect weight, the perfect shape. Um, the dynamic with the buttons works beautifully. PS4 is a close second. All prior prior Dual Shocks were were a little bit clunky to me. The PS3 ones felt a little bit light, almost like fragile to a point. They nailed it with the Dual Shock Four. Don't fix when it's broken. Uh, that's a, I know that's a weird request because it sounds like a cop out, but just it's it, it it's important to me, and I think that would be they would do well to to keep that the same. The other thing is we're not going to get another Vita at any point. I'd love some sort of companion second screen with that, and I it's always been talked about. I don't want it to be my phone, but then again, I don't want it to be a Switch ripoff. So I don't know what I want from that, but I want some sort because Microsoft's working on it right now, where you're going to be able to play your first party games on any device which is it blows my mind hmm what yeah. what the that quality one. is is a different story right <laughs> but you know to play forza on my phone like that's gonna be crazy so sony i want something figure it out whether it's it, you know in, in a dream scenario something like a vita successor or something like your your what we've got with the switch i love some second screen stuff with that not not hundred percent necessary but i think that would be a nice gimmick uh, and gimmicks uh, a bad word for it because that implies that we don't need it right. i guess uh switch found a way to find that balance though yeah i i'd always be curious to see if sony would ever want to try and get back in the hand into the handheld market um especially in japan where it's basically now your only options are mobile or switch with a little bit of 3ds yeah, you'd and, think they and, would and have J- something. And Japan has always embraced handheld far more than any other market in the world. I mean, this, you know, holding the Vita here, it's a quality piece. It, it's heavy. Yeah. It's got a, a beautiful screen, the OLED. The hardware uh, was great. It ahead was of its time a little system. bit. It just did not get the software support that it needed. And there were tons and tons of great indie titles that you could play, but unfortunately those are not system sellers. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean that that's kind of all I, I was thinking in terms of PS5 wish list. Uh, is there anything else that comes to mind that we don't have currently? I feel like we've got it all. Yeah, I, I, crossplay maybe, is maybe, off the list now. Maybe I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be on my list. It, it took a little ribbing on uh, social media, but PSN we, we names are <laughs> you can change now. Yeah. Uh, maybe once we get closer to it, and we could you know hear some 
here's some of the concepts. Maybe there's some more. Uh, yeah, you know, just perfecting. But I, I, I can't think of anything else right now. I, for me, it would more so be on the software side of things. Me like too. What franchises I want to see revived or you know brought back. I um, it sounds funny to say because at different generation, different times and different generations, I've said this, but like, what what do they improve upon? Like, you know, the, what we've got with between the Xbox One, the PS4, and the Switch are like, man, we are like good to go. Yeah, I, I could play those systems forever and be happy. There is definitely a you know like the turning point in the game industry was going from 2D to 3D. Yeah, because obviously that th- there's never been any more drastic of a jump in visual fidelity and uh in-game scope than there was from going from the you know 32 bit to the 64 or sorry the 16 bit to the 32 slash 64 bit generation going from sega genesis and super nintendo to n64 and playstation 3 yes we've seen big jumps in hardware ever since but nowhere near as landmark as that and it, it's amazing to see even going back 360 to Xbox One or PS3 to PS4, how different those truly look nowadays. So, you know what, there's always room for improvement, but how much is is the question? It feels like every console generation, there's less room for improvement. Or from, you know, for example, Blu-ray to 4K. The difference is not as drastic as it used to be. So that's why I thought, and it was widely uh, thought, that maybe this would be the last generation of systems and we'd just get updates, almost like you would on yeah. your Steam box or you're your building your, your PC. But it doesn't sound like that is the case. So that's good, and as long as there are systems, there will be people to buy them. That is for sure. Next big step is Ready Player One kind of VR. <laughs> oh, gosh, I think uh, I think that's accurate. The Oasis. The Oasis. Can you imagine if they call it PS Oasis? Or <laughs> I can see Xbox doing that. That that's more of a Microsoft thing. Uh, we shall see. So that that's going to put a, a wrap up on everything we wanted to talk about today on this month's Geek Scott Game episode. Share with us your thoughts, whether it's Telltale Games and well wishes for uh, the ex employees over there, your PS5 wish list, or even what games you're going to be picking up this month. We'd love to engage with you, the community. Mr. Pavlak, where can we find you on social media and what can you plug for the Geekiverse? I am on Twitter at Jeffrey Pavs and on Instagram, Jeff Pavlak. Um, I hope you take the time to go to thegeekiverse.com and read my first impressions of Titans on DC Universe, DC Universe's DC Comics um, streaming service, which is holding um, their vast library of animated shows, uh, animated movies, comics, live action television and movies and also is going to have a just whole spread of original um, show streaming on there. The first one is Titans, which is a um, rather dark, edgy reimagining of the Teen Titans. Um, first reveal or you know, trailer was first revealed at San Diego Comic-Con, polarizing beyond hell. It was actually a really bad trailer. Um, but to everybody's surprise, the first episode was rock solid. Everything is working very well. It's dark, yes, but it's also very stylish. And I think this show is going to be, uh, it's going to turn some heads. I think it's going to be really fun going forward. So check out my first impressions and reactions to episode one. You ever I'm find the, the contrast with the DC marketing is almost never what we get? Oh, for sure. So BVS, they give away the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> um, we get to Suicide Squad. Lead up to that seemed like, oh, man. They're going to figure it out. This is going to be great. No. How can this miss? And then it missed. It was, I, man, I'm, I'm on record for saying it was a surefire hit. Yeah. Nope. Well, don't worry, me too. Nope. It was not. It was terrible. Couldn't believe when we were getting the reviews right. for that. Um, and then 
Let's see. What else? Do, you know, well, Wonder just, Woman well, was spot on. Yeah. Obviously, that's the exception. And Justice League is a little bit, I guess. There, I mean, there was obviously turmoil behind the scenes with the, the director change, but yeah, I, some of those trailers did not accurately reflect what the movie turned out to be. Do you know what and I hope is accurate, though? Aquaman? Yes. Shazam? Yes. Uh, and Joker? What other, I don't know, no, what no, other no, DC no. movies are coming out? <laughs> How about DC's Harley Quinn animated series? Oh, yeah! So you showed me last time we podcasted right. the trailer from, was it New York City Comic Con? Yes. With uh, Kaylee Cuoco as Harley Quinn? Yep. I never knew that I wanted that. I, I always thought I didn't either. <laughs> it's really good. But it's it's, yeah. it's really good. And that will be on DC uh, Universe's streaming service next year. Kudos to the self awareness there. Oh, it's great. Oh it's man, hilarious. that is one of my favorite trailers. I've and it wasn't even a trailer really. No, it, was it was more teaser. of a, a, a teaser. And yeah. man, sign me up for that. It's going to be a blast. Check out Titans. It's pretty good, people. Anything else? Uh, I'll leave it at that for now. Sounds good. Uh, so on Twitter, I am at Josiah D. Leroy. You can find me there talking about everything Gigaverse and recently some positive stuff with the Buffalo Sabres for once. Woo, so, woo. Uh, it's been good. Right now, they sit three and two. It's awesome. We're, <laughs> we're in all our glory right now. Uh, hopefully, they can continue on. They said uh, Harrington, the Buffalo News, said they hadn't won five games in October in like seven years so uh, a good october would mean a lot for for buffalo here well, it took us like five and a half years to get a legitimate fi- uh, above 500 record and some legitimate goaltenders so that has yeah. been really really nice kudos what to those boys uh, so for me you can check out a lot of different content most notably uh i'm a fan of halloween sitcom episodes uh, I ranked a few years ago the office's halloween article or halloween episodes Last week, I did the Boy Meets World episodes. So if you don't recall, there is a in the, the one I had number one on the list was technically not a Halloween episode, but it, it was a perfect time capsule for everything that happened in the late 90s in teen horror movies. You will enjoy it. Trust me. It's one of the best episodes I've ever seen for the show. And it wasn't aired on Disney Channel when they were doing the syndication because uh, it was a little bit too mature. <laughs> so uh, even talking about it gives me a little bit uh, of the goosebumps here. You can check out my article on that. Uh, and then we've got our Halloween movie face-off if you're into horror movies, which Elizabeth from the Geekiverse, one of our editors, has been working on. Uh, she had a panelist, uh, five panelists, actually, now that I think of it, along with Amanda of the Geekiverse, one of our other editors, and they sat in a room, ate food, and argued about which Halloween movie was going to be the best. So you can check out what that looks like over the the few. Uh, we've got a few articles left for that in the coming weeks. Check that out. Just search Halloween movie face off at, at geekiverse.com. Closing up the show here, the new segment, JoJo's Jukebox. So this is number three, where we play a song submitted by the Geekiverse community this week. Uh, an old friend of mine, of a man I used to be in a band with long ago called Sunday Radio. Uh, this uh, his new venture is called Glass Department. Jeff, do you like electronica music? I do. Good, yeah. good. Uh, so this uh, is off the EP Electric Love. The song is called Sunlight. Uh, it's very video gamey. I was listening to this pre-show. I enjoyed it very much. You can find this music on iTunes. Either search it on I- Apple Music or purchase the EP right on iTunes itself. So uh, for my co-host Jeff... I'm Josiah. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy this track by Glass Department. We'll catch you next month.
In the wake of every single 